like I'm on the Heisman watch. That's gotta be what would describe, symbolize I've got. Skill, four times the talent around me. Desmond Howard playing for Howard, just tell me how can I be stopped? This Allen Ivy at an Ivy cottage. They can't check me. I don't practice my class too hard. Nigga, me, my swag is grown. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 67 of Electrified with Eric Lyons. I'm your host, Eric Lyons. Ladies and gentlemen, hello. Hello. First of all, I apologize for pushing the episode back. Um, you know, from Tuesday to Wednesday to. to listen, man. I was trying to time, first of all, I was trying to time episode 67 with the NFL trade deadline. Didn't even have to do that because literally nothing happened. Didn't even have to do that. Then I'm like, okay, Saturday we got the big fight. I'm like, maybe I can, you know, push another episode back to Saturday, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, no no need, no need. Let's just scratch two episodes this week and let's just do everything on Friday. There's enough to talk about, but just do everything on Friday. And I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I did that. You know, that way we can start off fresh. We can start November fresh with a new episode. And then, boom. First of all, and also, happy November. Or or, or should I say Merry Christmas? Because Christmas, Thanksgiving, and uh, and, uh, New Year's Eve are about to happen within the next three weeks. Because that's how time is flying right now. I literally blinked and October was over. I didn't even get to watch any spooky movies. I didn't watch... Uh, Charlie Brown I didn't watch Monster House I didn't watch Halloween Town I thought I still had time Clearly I was wrong But today I did lift my ban On Christmas movies I do not watch Christmas movies Outside of November, December And January So today After after you after you guys hear this By the time you guys hear this I'll probably be on, probably be on Netflix Watching Unaccompanied Minors. Very, very, very underrated Christmas movie. If you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix right now. Unaccompanied Minors. Came out in 06. Classic. Underrated. Classic. But I don't even need Netflix. You know why? Because I got it on DVD. You know the vibes. But, ladies and gentlemen, as you can see, I'm very happy to be here. I'm in a great mood. I'm in a great mood. It's finally getting cold. Uh, Fall is really hit. Bro, it, it's just, it just feels good. And it's been an interesting week. In the sports world Congratulations to the Nationals We're going to talk about their historic postseason run We're going to talk about what's going on in the NCAA right now Uh, We're going to also of course talk NFL Week 9 And uh, get through the pick 4 Got some interesting boxing news to discuss Before we get to the fight And uh, (laughs) we're going to talk a little bit about Cat versus Embiid We're going to talk about that Because I got some things to say about that uh, the Warriors are sputtering out of control, and then um, of course we'll talk a little bit about UFC 244 tomorrow night. So uh, let's let's start off. First of all, I want to start off with the NCAA. So you know, I saw everybody celebrating this, and of course I had to do my own research. I had to do my own research because you know, I believe on the show before I talked about NCAA players getting paid, and I shared my stance on that. But but now it seems like the NCAA are um, they're trying to do something, trying to move in the right direction. So here's what's going on. So the NCAA, like the big board, they voted unanimously to allow college athletes to profit from their names, images, and likeness. So as if you didn't know, 
uh, back in the day, there used to be uh, NCAA 20. I mean, excuse me, NCAA football. Uh, it was a video game. EA Sports put it out. And uh, none of the players' names were there. It was just their numbers. Just their numbers. Like, just numbers. Like, random numbers, you know. And players also want that. You know, they're not getting paid for that. not getting paid for that. So, game's gone. Haven't played it in years. But now, this gives us a chance to have that back. Um, all three. But, but his, it, see, this is the thing. This is the thing. So, all new rules. Uh, you know, through D1 through three, D3, because they're all going to have their own set of rules and, you know, regulations to to go about this. But here's my thing. Here's my thing. You know, it sounds good. It, it sounds good. At face value, it looks great. But, it, I, I, you know, I, I saw guy, people celebrating this, and I don't know why. All it is is just... Deflecting the fact that they're not paying these guys That's it I feel like it's a setup I I really do I feel like it's a setup I don't think this is going to be good This is just some loophole That is going to get Get some of these players in trouble End up having these players Listen I just don't think this is going to be good I just I just don't see it being good, man. I really don't. I don't see it being good. Robert Burr said scholarship money received by college athletes who take endorsement money should be treated and taxed like income. So now, so now <laughs> what, they're, what they're trying to do is treat money for scholarships, like money for education, as regular money. That's what they're trying to do. This 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 is crazy, man. This is what I'm saying. It's it's just it just doesn't feel right. It feels like a trap. Feels like a trap. Feels like a trap. It does, man. It just it it just doesn't sit well with me. Like like if they really decide to follow his direction, like this is what he said. If college athletes are going to make money off their likeliness, likeness while in school, their scholarships should be taxed like uh, income if they decide to, quote unquote, cash in. So right there, we have somebody in the government looking at this as a negative, basically saying that players, if they if they even try, if they if they want to get paid, then they. <laughs> Then they um they should be treated like employees basically, and they're not employees. And the NCAA clearly stated that they shouldn't be treated like employees. It's all just a mess, man. It's it's real murky. I don't think we should be celebrating this. I don't think this is something to be excited about. I think that the this is a, a trap, man. Because listen, listen, a lot of these guys playing for these schools. These multi-million dollar schools They're not coming for money A lot of these guys are not coming for money A lot of these guys aren't eating The best of meals every day You know This is this is the same thing I was saying When uh, LSU had got that new locker room Like A lot of these players They don't have the, the, the advantages That somebody that comes from money has And this is why I feel like guys People like Tim Tebow who think college athletes shouldn't get paid should shut the hell up because you don't you just because you came from money and didn't need a little extra here and there 
on the side or or you didn't need some 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 shady endorsement money or agent helping you and your family because y'all on hard times and you all the way 5000 miles away playing football for free and they struggling to pay the bills and you trying to help them you, your whole purpose is to help them get out and right now that's the only way like no bro no bro that's that's just not how that works so i hope that this doesn't hurt the players i really hope that they they take their endorsements i really hope that they're able to get paid for their likeness and their images and without any type of you know nasty repercussions because it's not their fault that this is this is where they are this is the path they chose you know yeah, we're going to college to get an education. Going to college to get an education, of course. But think about it. D1 athlete, what's your goal? Honestly, what's your goal? I'm not a D1 athlete, but I've played sports. And I know when I was younger, my end game, before you know I got to where I am to be the young man I am today, the end game is the league. The end game is the league. We're not going to college just to... Say, oh, I, I played ball in college. You know, I, I did that. It was fun. No, 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 no. End game is the league. End game is the league. We ain't going for no office job. We not. I'm not putting my pads and helmet on every day to prepare for no office job. No, I'm prepared for my next job. That's the league. It's hard to get in the league. We working our tails off all year round. And this, you know, of course, it's about the brotherhood teams winning and everything while you're in college. But we're, we're trying to get to the league. You know what I mean? And this don't just apply to football, but that's the sport I'm going to right now. These college athletes, man, they go through more. I understand. Listen, college students as a whole, we all go through that. College isn't easy. But you add on practices, study halls, um, weight training. You know, and then just training on your own, on your own time, in all types of weather conditions. Barely got time to eat, barely eating right, and almost no social life. Like, bro, this is this is strenuous. Like, this is real life. It ain't easy to be a student athlete. Student first, athlete second. But the athlete part is really hard. And I feel like a lot of people don't understand that. And that's why they don't feel like these guys should be getting paid in some short. And I do. There has there has to be. There has to be. You know, these guys are putting their lives on the line, their bodies on the line, for a chance to get somewhere where it's where it's very rare to, for them to get. And you got injuries. At any point it could be over. Any point it could be over. Like, pro, like this last weekend, I forgot what school it was. And this is oh yeah oh we're gonna talk about some officiating too, college and NFL. I forgot about that. But this is this is ties into that. It was a kickoff. They they called this penalty that is like never called. Somebody blocked the kicker like on the kicking team before the ball was kicked. They like ran across the kicker and for two seconds blocked the kicker and the the refs threw a flag. So they re kicked it and then somebody on the kicking team tore their ACL. Instead of making it a penalty, like a yard, a yardage penalty, and leaving the kick alone, they re-kicked. Now somebody's ACL is gone. Their their season's over. Their career could be over. 
That's how fast it can end for these guys. That's how fast it can end. If I'm walking to class and I tear my ACL, I can still go to class, right? Because I'm a student. I'm a student. I can still go to class. But if I'm if I'm if I'm the start if I'm the starting running back on the football team and I tear my ACL, my spot's gone, my job's gone, and my life might be a wrap. That might be it for me. Because that's, that's more than likely that's plan A. That's plan A. A lot of these guys are not having too many plan Bs. And that's just facts. That's facts. If football is all you know, you come to school, you come in there to get play football education secondary. It's the truth. It's the truth. Y'all can y'all can sugarcoat it. Y'all can talk about all oh, these guys are all great students. But no, 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 no. Nine times out of ten. We coming there to play ball, bro. We not playing school. We coming there to play ball. Honest to God. Honest to God. So I just hope, like I said, man, I just hope this goes well. But I just, it just don't feel right. It don't feel right. It just feel like more games from the NCAA, man. That's 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 what it feel like. And and I just. I don't know, man. I can't. I just can't. Don't feel right. Don't feel right. Um. So from the NCAA, we go to Week Nine in the NFL, ladies and gentlemen. It's already Week Nine, bro. Time is flying, man. Time is flying. Okay. So first, let's start off with last night. Let's talk about this Cardinals and Forty Niners game because I thought this was going to be a bloodbath. I thought this was going to be a bloodbath. Kyler Murray actually performed pretty well. And trade deadline served the Cardinals right because Kenyon Drake just, boy, when David Johnson get back and Redman get back, if they use all three of them, which I think Cliff Kingsbury would, oh, that's going to be a problem. If they can, if, but first they got to get that line right. But, I mean, even they're just not good at pass blocking. They did all right run blocking last night. But if they get a little more solid on the O-line, it's going to be a problem, bro. It's going to be a problem. And Colin Murray didn't look bad last night. He was throwing the ball, running. Didn't look bad last night. Um, They lost that game because of coaching. Two big mistakes, two rookie mistakes from Cliff Kingsbury. So, I forgot what quarter this was. It was still a little early in the game. 49ers went forward on fourth and goal, and they got stopped. But before that, like in the like as the ball was being snapped, like that's a, this is how close it was. Cliff called a timeout on fourth and goal. After they got the stop, they got the stop. They run it back. They don't get the stop. So now they give up six. That's a six point swing. Then we go to the end of the game, and the clock's winding down. You got two timeouts. You have two. Two timeouts, Cliff Kingsbury. You have two timeouts and the two-minute warning. Once again, Cliff, you have two timeouts and the two-minute warning. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to say it one more time. Say it with me. How many timeouts does Cliff have? That's right. What else does he have? Also right, the two-minute warning. So the 49ers run a play. 
I think it was Tevin Coleman had the ball. He runs up the sideline. It was close. When I first saw it, I was like, ah, could go either way, but it's they're not going they're not going to flip that. Move on next play. Get it a stop. You got two timeouts left. Get a stop. You got three if you include two minute the two minute warning. Just get get the stop. Keep it moving. It's right in front of your sideline. I don't think it was you know, but no. <laughs> Cliff said, "To hell with that. I'm going to challenge the play because it's outside the two minute warning. I can do that." But Cliff, Cliff, you have two timeouts and the two minute warning. Keep it in your pocket and play ball. So what do you do? You you use the challenge and you lose one of your timeouts. Then your defense couldn't get off the field. So you lose by three. But Cliff, guess what? If you don't call a timeout on fourth and goal, you would have been up by four. And they would have had to score six to win the game. And more than likely, they wouldn't have. So the Cardinals lose. Cardinals lose. <sighs> you hate to see it. Just a tough scene, man. Tough scene for that man. Sorry to this man. Sorry to this man. But while we're on the, the 49ers, I, wanted, I, I just feel like media people aren't giving the Packers enough credit but I'm not gonna cry about that we're just gonna talk let's talk about the top three teams in the NFL right in the NFC right now Packers Saints 49 is not in that order of course you know you want to go in order of record it's Packers I mean it's 49ers Packers Saints you know Saints one loss Packers one loss if if the season ended, ended today the 49ers would be the one, the Saints would be the two, and the Packers would be the three. I don't think that's how it's going to plan out. I don't think it's going to plan out that way. I believe that the Saint, the 49ers have the toughest schedule, Saints have the second toughest schedule, and the Packers have the friendliest schedule. Not saying they're going to win the rest of their games because you know, any given Sunday, anything can happen from, from this point on. But... If we look at let's, let's first of all let's look at the 49ers the next the next games for the 49ers. because uh, this is what got me interested because I know that Seahawks game that's the game we waiting for. I had already circled that on my calendar. That that's the game we waiting for. But let's check it out. Next they got the Seahawks, the Cardinals again, Green Bay, Baltimore, then New Orleans. That's their next five. That's their next five. I see them losing three of the next five. Three of the next five. I think. I think they lose to Seattle. Lose to Green Bay. Lose to Baltimore. A lot, bro. They might lose four of their next five. I say they lose four of their next five. No, I lied again. I lied again. Here we go. Okay, three of the next five. They're gonna lose. They're gonna beat the Seahawks. 
beat the Cardinals, lose three straight. The Seahawks might swing back around on them week 17. So let's say this, the, the 49ers end up going 12-4. and Because the second half for them is not going to be hard. They, I mean, not going to be easy. These next eight games, they see the Rams again. Eh, I don't know. I think the 49ers can finish 12-4, 11-5. I don't think this their season finishes as good as it looks right now. Not going to be undefeated. And the Saints, they're sitting at one loss right now. Let's look at the rest of their schedule. Because the Saints are really good. Saints are really good. I just don't think that this 49ers offense is up to par with their defense. Jimmy Garoppolo played his first good game last night. Good game last night. He looked surgical out there. But prior to that, not so great. Not so great. That's true. And that was against a Seahawks, I mean, a, a Cardinals defense that's not that good. So when you run into a defense like the Seahawks, like the Pack, uh, like the Ravens, okay, like the Packers, and then like the Saints, it's going to be hard for you to win ball games if you can't score. It's the truth. Uh, the Saints, they got the Falcons. The Bucks, they just beat the Cardinals, so they got the Falcons, the Bucks, Panthers, Falcons again, Niners, Colts, Titans, Panthers. That's not a bad schedule. You got two. You got the division games against. You got two division games that you feel like you should win. You got the Colts, the Titans. Like the only losses I see here from them that as potential losses, maybe one from the Panthers. And possibly the Colts. Like, it, it, it could go that way. Point being, I don't think they would finish with anything less than a one or two. I think the Saints could finish with a one or two. In that same breath, in that same token, let's look at Green Bay. Because Green Bay is playing great football right now. They're about to get Devontae Adams back. And this offense is on fire. Aaron Rodgers has found his he's, he's found his groove and he's been in his bag. So let's look at Green Bay's schedule. They got the Chargers, the Panthers, then the Bod. Late Bod, and then week 12, they come back for the 49ers. Then they got the Giants, the Skins, the Bears, the Vikings, the Lions. They've already swept the division. Who's to say they don't finish the season undefeated in their division? If Green Bay finishes 6-0 in their division, that's nuts. So let's say they finish. Let's say they beat the Bears again, beat the Vikings again, and beat the Lions again. That's three wins right there to close the season. So that puts Green Bay where? What? Eight and one? Wait, eleven and one right there. Then you got the 49ers. I think they go beat the 49ers. I think they beat the Chargers. The only loss, toss up. I think the Panthers. I think seeing Christian McCaffrey for the first time would be interesting. And maybe the Vikings. Maybe they split with the Vikings. Maybe. But I only see. Two losses for Green Bay. So Green Bay can finish 13 and 3. If they finish 13 and 3, Saints finish 14 and 2, 13 and 3, you know, that's the one and the two. I think the 49ers drop to the wild card. So that's how I feel. I think the Saints and the Packers are the best teams in the NFC. The 49ers are all smoking mirrors, people. They're all smoking mirrors. I saw that last night, but I already knew that. But I didn't want to say anything. Just because you're undefeated doesn't mean you can't be exposed for fraud. I believe that this defense has been carrying them 
and their offense is not that good. And when I say offense, I don't mean they don't have pieces. I just think that Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't really been tested. I don't think he really has had to go have a war with anybody yet. I think running into Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson again. These guys are going to score points. They're not, I don't think these guys are scared of your defense. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I'm sorry. Sorry to this man. I'm not here to lie to you people. I'm really not. Um, all right, so back to the trade deadline, which was dead. Uh trade deadline was a damn what a big scam. I don't know. We we all were so excited for this. I got off work. I'm thinking my phone about to be on fire. I'm thinking we about to see something crazy. I'm thinking AJ Green gone. I'm thinking Andy Dalton might be gone. You know, I'm thinking, you know what I mean? No, none of that. Before I went to work, we saw Tlaib to the Dolphins. Good God Almighty. That's sad. They sent that man to the Night's Watch. That's just something you hate to see. Mm-mm-mm. Um, we know Kenyon Drake to Arizona. And then Leonard Williams <laughs> got traded from the Jets to the Giants. My guy got traded next door. That's hilarious to me. That's that's honestly hilarious to me. And then we saw a lot of bluffing going on. It was a whole lot of, I just cleaned my room. I got the Netflix ready. I washed my sheets, my comforter, my pillowcases. It smelled good in my room. I got the I'm I got the I'm coming through text. It's about to go down, and then when you just think it's going down, she hits you with the ah. I don't think I'm gonna be able to make it, and then you like, well, at least my room's clean. There's a lot of that going on. It was a lot of uh, we could trade for this person. We might make a move, but if we don't, we're still good where we at. There's a whole lot of that going on. Whole lot of that going on. Whole lot of bluffing. Like, prime example of the bluff. First of all, speaking of bluff, Le'Veon Bell claims that Green Bay, the Chiefs, and some other teams called that boy line because his contract is nuts. The Chiefs broke. Green Bay broke. Ain't nobody called for you. Ain't nobody called for you. You are a liar. That is cap. What a big scam. You fraud. But, you know who was getting calls? And you know who was taking calls? Joe Douglas about Jamal Adams. Boy, that's tough. Imagine you go to work, right? You go to work. You go clock in. Your boss tell you, you are my favorite employee. You are the employee of the month. You, you might be the employee of the year. I'll never fire you. You're great. We love you here. Then, then this is what happens. You go home, you tell everybody, man, I can't believe this. My boss, the best boss in the world, he said he'll never fire me. Then you get a phone call from a coworker, and he say, hey, man, boss man said, I heard him say, he might be looking at other options. What? That's how Jamal Adams felt. When he found out Joe Douglas was taking phone calls about Jamal being traded, Jamal was hurt. You just told this man 
He's the cornerstone of your franchise, which he is. Arguably, best player on that team. Damn sure the best player on that defense. So, you tell this guy he's the franchise, then not even 48 hours later, we're talking trade rumors at the deadline. And they're credible because you're the one taking the calls. Jamal discredited everything about him wanting to go home to Dallas, said he didn't want to leave New York, and they had already specified he sat down with Joe Douglas and Adam Gates. If these conversations are true, that's crazy. That's really crazy. So, Jamal said, um, what did he say? Oh, Joe Douglas took multiple, it was already said, but Joe Douglas took, took multiple calls. The Ravens almost got something done. The Cowboys almost got something done. And then, you know, Adams was hot. He says other franchise stars like Aaron Donald and Brady, they don't get treated like this. He, he also followed that up after people gave him grief, saying he's not those guys, but he feels like those guys are the franchise, and he feels like he is the franchise, so he, should, he, he holds himself in that same regard, as he should, as he should. Because Sam Donald ain't the franchise. Come on, dog. Come on, dog. Ain't, ain't no need for that, bro. And at the end of the day, it is a business. It is a business, and it can be shady. But, hey. You know, it, it is what it is. Um, so let's get into this pick four, man. We got some f- four good games this week. Four good games this week. Let's start off with the London game. The Texans and the Jags. Big division game. Jags are still in it. Texans are still very much in it, even though with you know they're losing JJ Watt. But but the Jags, they play good in London. Can't sleep on them in London. But I think Deshaun Watson, you know, he comes back with the super eye, he the bionic eye, he's cyclops. You know, a cyborg. He, he's gonna he's gonna have a day in London. I think he's gonna have a good game, but it, it's gonna be a good one. I got the Texans taking that one. Then we got the Chiefs and the Vikings. It's Arrowhead. Arrowhead. I don't know if Mahomes is gonna be back. I don't know if Thielen's gonna be back, but I don't think that that matters. I think that the Vikings have to run the ball. Heavy dose of Dalvin Cook. I solve the problems. Heavy dose of Dalvin Cook, but but Kirk could let loose. Kirk could, could he could let loose on this defense. But I don't know about Kirk, man. He, he's 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 very inconsistent. And then what we seen from Matt Moore this past weekend, Matt Moore can put together a performance like that again. I think the Chiefs take this one. I think the Chiefs beat the Vikings. Then we got the Lions and Raiders. This, this is interesting. You got two teams, you know, on the cusp of being out of it but still in it. I think, you know, Derek Carr, I think the Raiders win this game. But the game that I'm looking forward to seeing is the Ravens. And the Patriots, you know, it's rare that Tom Brady and the and the boys have to travel to Baltimore, because usually this matchup is seen and seen in the playoffs and at Gillette Stadium, because you know the Ravens are usually the lower seed. But the Ravens aren't scared of the Patriots; never have been. They usually go up there and punch the Patriots in the mouth, except that one time they blew the twenty-one point lead. But we don't have to discuss that. I think that Baltimore will show the Patriots what they haven't seen all year, and that's a quarterback. Who can really play football? This Baltimore team, they're going to have to run the ball, though. Going to have to try to establish run. This is the defense. This is, probably, this is the best defense in football right now. And Bill Belichick knows that he's probably going to run into the same black and purple team once again in late January. So he's not going to show them all of their looks. But Belichick is going to have to be ready for the essence that is Lamar. Lamar is just going to have to be himself. Defensively, they're going to have to knock Brady off his spot. That's all you can do. Rattle him. 
Get him off his spot. That's it and that's all. But you got to think. You, they're coming in here with Edelman, Michelle, um, Sanu. Like, this is Dorsett. This is a good deep, This is a good offense. And Ravens, they're not slouches defensively. It's going to be a good game. Might be a low-scoring game. But I got the Ravens taking this one at home and serving the Patriots their first L. So it's, it's, it's going to be some good football this weekend. Good football this weekend. Um, Let's see. What's next? Let's, let's get into some boxing. So if you don't know Canelo Alvarez, if you don't know Canelo Alvarez, he, he's my favorite boxer. Pound for pound, I believe he's the best boxer in the sport. If you don't know him, he's the redhead Mexican. He looks like a, a ginger Irishman, but he is Mexican. He is. When you hear him talk, you'll see. But Canelo Alvarez, he's fighting this weekend for the uh, WBO Light Heavyweight Championship. Before we get there, Canelo is with Golden Boy Promotion. Golden Boy is, um, this is Oscar De La Hoya's people. Uh, they got a couple guys, you know, big guys over there. But Canelo's relationship with De La Hoya and Golden Boy is strange. It's strained right now, and it's very interesting because Canelo is their money man. This is not the first time we've seen a Golden Boy money man have problems with management. Same thing happened with Floyd. You know, Floyd was fighting with them on a fight-to-fight basis, and then he would eventually leave. After Schaefer stepped down, it was like, oh, I'm getting the hell out of here. I don't I don't bang with De La Hoya, and now Canelo don't bang with De La Hoya. These are two guys that, you know, I thought were, were good friends. You know, they're at the press conference after the fights. They're smiling and, you know. But we haven't won. We haven't seen De La Hoya at all the press conferences. And then when they were around each other, they act like they weren't, you know, there. Each other weren't there. Uh, you know, Canelo was asked about this. He said it's just a working relationship with um, De La Hoya and feels like there's no loyalty on that side. Bro, it's so bad <laughs> that Canelo has his own translator now. You know, Canelo understands the English language, but he would rather talk to the media in Spanish, as most um, his you know Spanish-speaking fighters do. I respect that, but bro, he he's not using Golden Boy's translator anymore. It's crazy. Like this is this, this, but I mean, he has every right to be upset with them, though. This is this is the same team that tried to force the Triple G Canelo trilogy fight. When triple when Canelo already said he didn't want that fight, didn't didn't plan on taking that fight. Didn't plan on taking that fight. He had other things in mind. Um, this is also the same team that caused Canelo to drop his IBF title by dropping the ball with um negotiations against the mandatory challenger being Sergey uh Dervinchenko, which allowed him to fight Triple G and Triple G would take uh Hold of that title So listen man Golden Boy has been fumbling the bag They have So I understand why Canelo is You know Hot With them right now And, and you know It's going to be interesting To see how that goes But Another thing That I wanted to talk about Before we get to the big fight Alright So let me break this down for you A lot of you guys I know you guys A lot of you guys Are casual boxer fans So let me tell you something The WBC uh, one of the big four uh, boxing organizations. You got the WBO. I, I, we talked about this before. We got the WBO, the WBC, WBA, and the IBF. So the WBC has this belt called the franchise title. When I first heard about it, I said, what is that? And when I researched it, I said, what is that? When I researched it some more, I said, what exactly are we doing here? 
Because this is crazy Let me tell you something So Canelo and Lomachenko have it They they did they did something like this with Floyd before I think and Cotto But it, it, it didn't it, I just, it never dawned on me But this is crazy So Loma just got it Right So Loma nor Canelo Can become an undisputed champion now They can't become an undisputed champion that that's the thing. So the champ um can't retain another WBC title from another opponent. So let's say Loma moved up to super lightweight. He can't win the WBC title. If he beats the WBC uh title holder, the belt would become vacant. Like what? Like like he just moved he just got the WBC franchise title, so the WBC lightweight title went to Devin Haney without a fight having to happen. It's the same thing that happened with Canelo. Canelo let his WBC title go because he's the franchise title, and then it just went to Jamal Charlo. Like, what? What is that? Fighters are getting just being gifted belts? No, that's not how the sport works. That's not how the sport works. Then the champ can challenge it. Like, say they retire. Canelo Loma retires. So whoever the hell has is going to be having this franchise belt. If they retire, they can come back and fight champ anytime they want. And then they can and then it also says they can challenge any any time they want if it's convenient to them. Like what? And then like their opponent can't win the franchise belt, but if they beat the franchise title holder, they'll get a diamond belt? The hell is this? Doug, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't like it. First of all, I don't like all these belts anyway. I feel like every weekend I watch boxing, I learn about a new title. The silver belt. The gold belt. the uh, And also, none of these are the colors of the belts. That's just what they're called. Uh, the diamond belt. The super belt. What? No. Don't need all those. We just need four straps in each weight class. Everybody don't need a belt. Everybody don't need a belt. We need four straps. WBO, WBC, WBA, and IBF. That's all we need. That's it. In each weight class. Just keep it that way. And if you have a strap, you do. If you don't, you don't. Like, like let's imagine how frustrating. Like, I know they probably agreed to this. But do you know how dumb it is to be a boxer and can't be undisputed in your weight class? Like, you can't hold all four titles because you're some franchise champion? Get the hell out of here, bro. Not trying to hear that. Not trying to hear that at all. But but thank God, this weekend, a real title is on the line. The WBO 175 title will be on the line when Canelo Alvarez and Sergey Kovalev Go one-on-one, toe-to-toe, face-to-face, two men, one ring, one arena, live. Tomorrow, on the zone at T-Mobile Arena. It's going down. Vegas, baby. So, Canelo Alvarez, he's 29, 52, 1 and 2, on, with 35 knockouts. His only loss is coming from Floyd Mayweather. That is nuts. Um, That's his only loss, and that was, what was that, 2011? Oh, no, 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 2013. Was it 2013? 2012 or 2013? That was when that happened. So that was years ago. Uh, he's 5'8", 70 and a half inch 
inch uh, reach. He's orthodox. Listen, man, Canelo is very elusive. Lots of movement. But this is the thing, though. He's moving up 175. He's never fought this heavy before. The heaviest he's been is 168. Took a lot of PE. Absorbed, I should say, a lot of punches at 168 when he fought Rocky Field. That I did know. Wasn't a lot of movement in that fight. Like we saw when he was fighting uh, Danny Jacobs. I think it'll be the same thing. I think he'll be, like, basically, like, let's just fight. Like, he blocks more. He blocks more because he's bigger and, you know, the punches are just coming off of him. But he is stronger when he's heavier. I feel like his punches are more damaging, especially fighting a taller opponent like Rocky Fielding. And in this case, Sergey Serge, uh, Serge Kovalev. It's going to be damaging body blows from Canelo. Uh, Sergey Kovalev, if you don't really know him, you might have seen him fight Andre Ward twice. Uh, he's fought John Pascal. He's fought Bernard Hopkins. But... One thing I will say, you know, he's been stopped twice. He's been stopped twice. He's 36 years old. He just fought in August, by the way. Just fought in August. 36 years old. He's 34-3-1 with 29 knockouts. He stands at 6 feet tall, 72-inch uh, reach. So he has the height and reach advantage. It's going to be a good fight, though. But I got, I got Canelo with the knockout in, like, round 8. That's what, that's what I'm calling it. It's going to be a good fight, though. And I think Canelo become the first... Mexican fighter at 175 to have a belt? I know this will make him a four, like a four-division champ. Look, man, Canelo the GOAT, man. Not the GOAT. Excuse me, Floyd's the GOAT. But Canelo is a GOAT. I'll say that. Um, Let's see. All right, man. Let's talk, let's talk some baseball. Finish it off, man. Talk some baseball, man. Congratulations to the Nets, man. To the Nets. Bro, they did it. They did it. Without Bryce Harper, that man is sick. I'm talking flying uh, swine flu. I'm talking mesothelioma. I'm talking asbestos. I'm talking the black plague. I'm talking smallpox. I'm talking chicken pox. That man is sick. The Nats did it, man. But listen, man, this was a historic run. This wasn't some regular title win for them. No. First of all, the Nats got all four four wins on the road. So did Houston. They swept them in D.C. That's the first time in MLB postseason history where all seven games were won on the road. Bro, that is crazy. Neither of these teams could take one at home. That's nuts to think about. That's crazy, man. Uh, the Nationals won their first appearance in this series in franchise history. Uh, the last team to do this were the 2002 Angels. The Nats started the season 14 and 31. Wait, hold on. Let me see. Yes, 14 and 31, fourth place in the NL East. Then they would go on to finish 74, uh, MLB best, 74 and 34. So they went from fourth in the NL East to the top wild card in the National League. Bro, that is crazy, man. That is crazy. Second team in MLB history to win the um, the series after being 12 games under 500 in the regular season. I think the only other team to do that was like the 1914 Braves. That's nuts. Uh, they beat Milwaukee in the wild card, beat the top-seeded Dodgers in five. Nobody expected that, but I did because 
Kershaw and the Dodgers usually fold like laundry, origami, uh, paninis. That's that's what they do in October. And then they beat the Cardinals, swept them. And there were 5-0 and in elimination games. Bro, this team were down. They were down at so many points in this playoff run, like down in runs. Seventh inning and on, bro, they were just lighting things up. They scored a lot of runs in the seventh inning. Like, this team would not give up. Like I said, man, when, when it's your time, you can feel it. And they felt it. The energy... Everything watching them, you know, play baseball through this month has been nothing but greatness, bro. I appreciate it. I'm glad I watched it. I enjoyed it. Congratulations to DC and the Nationals, man. Congrats. Congrats. Um, I think that's all I got for you guys, man. I think that's all I got. Uh, tomorrow we got Nate Diaz versus uh Jorge Masvidal. I have no idea who's going to win that fight. I just want to see a good fight. But y'all know where I'll be at. I'll be in Vegas. Won't really be in Vegas, but I'll be watching the fight. So, Canelo Alvarez, Sergey Kovalev tomorrow. Nate Diaz versus Jorge Masvidal. Hopefully, we can order that cat and bead soon because they need to just throw the gloves on. All that social media and all that hugging on the court is not what we need. Uh, Let's see. Anything else closing? Oh, Tyler Hero is a bucket. And the Heat are coming out the East this year. Leave Kyrie alone. Tech Kyrie at all costs. Um, how about them Clippers? <laughs> um, boys, oh god, I'm not even gonna get into that. Listen, that's all I got for you guys this week, man. I told you it was gonna be a good episode today. I told y'all that. But um, make sure you keep following the Twitter and Instagram at Electrified Pod. You know, retweet all the drops, repost, tag me when you repost, and just keep listening, man. I appreciate you guys. Um, you know, enjoy the month of November, enjoy December. Of course, you got two months, 2019, to get it right. Close the decade right Then we in 2020 So that's all I got for you guys So for the 67th time I'm Eric Lyons You have just been Electrified